eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com. Arkansas ready to strap on the pads this week. They'll, tra- they'll practice four times this week. We'll have availability Monday, Tuesday, I believe some on Wednesday, maybe Friday. I can't remember. I've got the schedule. We'll go over that in a minute. But uh, they will strap on pads Tuesday. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into some things uh, with this offense, wide receivers. We'll talk special teams. Curtis Wilkerson is also going to join us to talk a little bit about football, and we'll chime in on some basketball as well. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Uh, where we're streaming live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Again, we're almost at 80,000 follows, which we want to be before football season starts. So be sure to interact with the video and follow the page. Also available on YouTube. Give us a thumbs up if you like the content on YouTube. Interact with the video there. Subscribe to the page. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to have a nice review from you and a four-star, excuse me, five-star, don't do a four-star, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. And what are you doing? If you're not subscribed to Hog Sports right now, it's 50% off the regular rate. This is, a, this is a fantastic deal. We're about to dive right into football season. We've got plenty of recruiting stuff from Danny West, our VIP man. Uh, but it just breaks down to like 15 cents a day, $1.03 a week, four forty-eight a month uh, for your number one insider source on Razorback Sports and recruiting. There's no promo code or anything. You just go to the site and sign up. We promise you'll be, play, you'll be pleased that you did. Uh, we are the number one largest Razorback team-affiliated site. All right, now we got that out of the way. Sign up if you haven't done so already. I'll remind you at the end. You could also sign up for a dollar, which is a pretty good deal too. Sign up for a dollar for your first month. And the good thing about the dollar option is if you decide you like it, once you're off that promo, you're paying regular price, you're eligible for CBS All Access, which is commercial free. You can you know, watch all the games. You can watch all of their, their shows, movies, all that stuff uh, for absolutely free. And that's a $99 annual value that you get for as long as you're subscribed to Hogsport. So it doesn't just stop. So if you're subscribed for 10 years, you know, and you get 10 years free of CBS All Access. So pretty good deal there. Okay. Arkansas is finally going to run an actual real-life up-tempo offense, believe it or not. You've been promised for years. You've been promised this going back to 2006 with Gus Malzahn. You didn't really run it then. I mean, going back to – Chad Morris's time when he said Arkansas is going to be one of the most explosive offenses in all of college football. They were one of the least. Ex- hey, calm down. I got a special guest with me today. This is Jerry Jack. My daughter named him. He's in here with me. He was asleep. Hey, buddy. He's nine weeks old. Anyway, calm down. If you hear any chirping, that's him. Everybody's out of the house. School starts today. So I'm stuck with the dog. So anyway, going back to to this, uh, you know, it was interesting because I asked Chad after the Western Kentucky game, right before he was fired, about that, saying that they're going to be one of the more explosive offenses in all college football. And what he said was, uh, I'm not going to read his exact quote, but 
basically said, we don't want to go out there and play to a speed in which we're going three and out, putting our defense back on the fields. So there's been some adjustment to that. Okay, that's what he said. Now, if you go back and look, Arkansas had the worst third down conversion rate of any team in the SEC the past two seasons at 32.1%. The second fewest first downs at 219 per season. So he backed off his left lane hammer down motto so the offense would be on the field longer for its three and out. Because you didn't want to get the defense out there too quick. So make sure you use all 40 seconds <laughs> of the play clock. So you have to adjust your personnel, obviously. But And Arkansas will go three and out this season. But you have to stick to your guns. You have to stick to what you believe in. Uh, Mike Woods has said, they're going very, has said they're going very fast. We have not seen them get lined up in team. I'm hoping that will happen at some point, but we haven't seen them line up in team yet. Uh, but he said they're going really fast. I just think that's interesting when you, you, know, you compare what Chad said to the results. They didn't want to put the defense out on the field too quickly. They're the worst third-down conversion team. In the, I mean, like, if it's not working, then it's not working. It just shows that he was just kind of out of touch with everything. Always said they had 30% of the offense installed. Browses said they already have 75% of the offense. These de- these offenses are not that complicated. Spread offenses are not as complicated as like a pro style typically. It's just about getting, you know, comfortable in that system, getting the rhythm down. Curtis Wilkerson, who's going to be joining us later, had an interesting story about the self-starting hogs establishing a new culture. Now, somebody on drive time kind of, question this a little bit like wondered like why are they leaving it up to the players and I, I get that angle but you really do want to lead from within your program you want your players to take accountability for the program they're going to be out on the field alone the coaches aren't going to be out there with them so you need that leadership I will say this one of the problems I think that um, happened with Brett Bielema in 2016 you know the end of the year there I think he thought he had a little bit more leadership within the program than he actually had, leaving it up to the players a little bit too much. And I think that's kind of why you saw them nosedive towards the end of 2016 and then, of course, 2017. A lot changed. So, But you still have to, have, you still have to encourage and develop that, that leadership, that inner strength to not be a quitter. Anybody got that one? Anybody name that song? So... Arkansas's quarterback competition is ongoing. Felipe Franks has an edge, a notable edge. Hey, chew something else. Chew this. Sorry, people. This is real life, live television. So Felipe Franks has an edge, obviously, but... There will be everybody's going to get their opportunity. KJ Jefferson, John Stephen Jones, Jack Lindsay, Malik Hornsby. I would say Felipe, KJ, Malik are probably your you know your most talented guys, the guys that you would maybe be a little more invested in. Um, so, but it's KJ's job to lose. When you go back and look at his numbers: four thousand four hundred twenty career passing yards, thirty-seven touchdowns, seventeen interceptions, um, which is almost in the top ten of returning quarterbacks. 13-3 and three starter in his last 1.2 seasons before he was lost in the Kentucky game in the third quarter um, with a dislocated ankle, and Kyle Trask took over, led Florida to 11 wins, the rest is history. They stick with Trask moving forward, and Franks decides to transfer out. Now, K.J. Jefferson was also very highly regarded. This is a guy that came to Arkansas with a hitch in his throwing motion. He's corrected that. It did fly on him a little bit at times last year, but the number 12 dual-threat quarterback prospect in the country in 2019. And then Hornsby was the number eight dual-threat quarterback in the nation in 2020. So from a recruit ranking standpoint, Arkansas has never had this many four stars, this many highly rated quarterbacks on campus at the exact same time. They've, they've come close, but they haven't had this many. I still think that there's opportunities for a guy like KJ, maybe Malik too. I mean, heck, all these guys can play this year and not lose a year of eligibility. You could, in theory, you could have Felipe Franks on campus three years. This season, which doesn't count against eligibility, I don't know how they would work that, though, in terms of giving him a six-year of eligibility because he would have have this year – 
He would already have the next year and this year again. I mean, you could literally give him three three years of eligibility. You could play Malik Hornsby as much as you want. You don't have to limit anybody to four games to redshirt him because uh, they have approved that. They have approved that this season will not count against your eligibility. I don't necessarily agree with that. We talked about that in the last show. You can go back and listen to that. I mean, in some cases I understand, like, you're giving the player the assurance that, hey, you're going to be okay. You're going to get this year back. If something happens, you're going to get the year back. Don't worry about it. So I get that aspect of it. But at the same time, how do you balance it out? How do you – I mean, I know next year the roster, it's not going to – the people that, like, would have graduated that are coming back, that's not going to count against you next year. But what about the year after that? I mean, you're, is it going to be like a paring down process? I mean, it's going to impact – High school recruits, there's not going to be as many high school kids that sign Division I scholarships. FBS scholarships. I guess it's just FBS level. It's competition heating up at wide receiver, not with the starting groups. It's going to be Traylon Burks, Trey Knox, and Mike Woods. I don't think there's – nobody's questioning that it's going to be those three guys. The question is, who comes in behind them? Now, Kendall Browse has pretty much said it's going to be – it's going to be about five wide receivers that play, you know, if everybody stays healthy in an ideal situation. Five wide receivers that will play. Um, some coaches have six. Some coaches travel six or seven wide receivers. But five will play. And then, you you know, you're looking to Kendall Catalan, Debbie Warren, Tyson Morris, Shamar Nash possibly. Um, I mean, there's a few There's a few candidates. T.J. Hammonds has moved over there also. Uh, so there's a, there's a few candidates to come in and and help them, but it does feel like that there's a bit of a, a separation. Coylan Jackson's another one. Darren Turner, the freshman, four-star freshman. So it'll be interesting to see what develops there. But those three guys, you know, they're going to play five, but the three starters are going to play a large majority, according to Kendall Bryles. I've got a long breakdown on Arkansas special teams. It's a VIP story, but I'm going to touch on uh, just a few things here. You know, going back to Georgia with Scott Fountain, you know, the numbers that they put up there, really impressive, really all the way around. And I think the big thing is that there wasn't just a lot of disaster plays. They were second in the SEC with just one kickoff uh, allowed over 30 yards and limited opponents to 18 yards per kickoff return. Arkansas, you know, Sam Lloyd got a lot of flack. He'll he'll have competition with George Caratan, the uh, transfer out of Michigan, who didn't play for Michigan last year, or didn't play, but he was with Michigan. Uh, But Sam Lloyd caught a lot of flack last year because his punts were rather short overall, okay, Um, near the bottom. Second, Second to last in 2018, and then they were last last year even though they, they average more per punt. Uh, but the balance is the they were they ranked first in the SEC, tied for first in fewest returns allowed. And also when they were returned, I think they were second. Second in the SEC with four point five yards per return. So what people didn't see with Loy is he was getting really good hang time. And I mean he was booming he can boom a punt. I mean, his punts got so high, and I don't think that translated to TV very well for people. Um, but what he's got to do is he's got to get he's got to get the angle a little bit different, you know. Um, but he wasn't a bad punter for Arkansas. It's just he he was a little too vertical, I think, at times. But he'll have some competition. Traylon Burks probably the favorite to return six three two thirty three punt returner and kickoff returner. You know, last year it wasn't like a disaster like it was the year before. The first half of 2018 was a complete and utter disaster. I went over the Auburn game last year, uh, last episode, uh, just how bad special teams killed them. Last year they didn't have any punt blocks. The one, you know, I saw for Barry Lunny who took over special teams and credit to him because they were better. But when Keegan Brewer from North Texas – caught the ball and kind of acted like he made a fair catch, didn't make any any sign, and then went 90 yards for a touchdown. That was in 2018, excuse me. Um, last year you had the fake punt against Auburn where with the chest pass. <laughs> that was the embarrassment for last year. So that was the eyesore for last year. 2018 was a, a total disaster the first half of the season. And it, it eventually morphed into 
a unit that didn't hurt Arkansas, but didn't help them at all. Last year, I'm not sure that they got a lot of help, but they pretty much throughout most of the year didn't hurt themselves too badly, except for that one play against Auburn. Arkansas didn't allow a single punt return over 20, 20 yards last year. Kicking, now they've got A.J. Reed coming in, Duke transfer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Who was like 83.3%, 19-23 last year on field goals. You know, Connor Lempert was a good field goal kicker for Arkansas. All field goal kickers, if they miss, they get they catch some flag. But he was actually really accurate in the um, you know history books in terms of Arkansas, uh, and it actually was a little bit better than uh, AJ Reed as far as uh, kickoffs. AJ averaged fifty nine point five yards per kickoff, fifteen touchbacks on fifty seven kicks, while Limpert averaged sixty on, with twenty eight touchbacks on fifty four kicks. So Limpert was actually a little bit better, but. Um, Reed might be a little bit more consistent as a field goal kicker. Speaking of Duke, Duke has said they're not going to have fans, at least for the first part of uh, their 2020 football season, fall sports, period. They're not going to have fans. I don't know why – I don't know why that's – I don't know why that – why would you would do that when you can clearly – I mean, other colleges are showing that you can do – I mean, what's different about going to an outdoor stadium – venue and wearing a mask and practicing social distancing what's different than that and going to a restaurant i don't i don't i don't see i don't see why the need to do to shut that part of it down i don't know that it's like going to be unsafe for the student athletes to have fans in the stands outside wearing masks practicing social distancing but that's what they're doing. That doesn't mean throughout the whole season that they're going to do that, but that's that's what they're doing now. Still better than what the Pac-12 and Big Ten are doing in canceling football. Nebraska has furloughed 51 employees in the athletic department. And then a report from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette on the University of Arkansas. So administrators, coaches, people making a lot of money are getting a 15% dock in pay. I think that amounts to something like, 200000 something for Sam Pittman that he won't get this year over the next, I think, 10 months. And then people making like 100000 or more are taking a 10%, and then it goes down. I don't have the article in front of me, but the Democrat Gazette reported that. And then I think like on the lower end of the pay scale, it's like a 7.5%. So they're going to save like $3 million by doing that. That's something that you're seeing throughout college football. It's good to see that they're not having to furlough people. But, guys, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, there's going to be some disastrous results from not playing football. We get to the fall, it's not quite going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. Or, excuse me, the spring. <laughs> I mean, you got all, you're got you not going to play as many games in the spring, most likely. You may not even have a season. I don't know. You may not have a season. 
it just it just it's going to be such i mean you're talking about all sports piled on top of each other i kind of think that the big 10 says that just to soften the blow a little bit my opinion all right everybody we're going to get to curtis wilkerson so for those of you who don't know Curtis, he's been with us for a couple months now, doing a really great job, has moved down to Northwest Arkansas finally from St. Louis where we hired him. He's originally from McCrory, and uh, if you've been on Hog Sports, then you definitely read Curtis Wilkerson stuff. He's turning out a ton of great content. Really strong basketball knowledge, which is going to be important this season. Hey, Trey. Hey, Curtis. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing real good. good. So I was just kind of telling everybody about your background again. It's been a little bit since we've had you on the show, but um, I guess just kind of uh, just jumping into it. What are your thoughts so far on on spring? Or excuse me, fall football. I know you haven't had a chance to go out there because they only allow one of us at a time. So what, what's your what's been your thoughts just on what you've seen from the Zoom meetings and um, and we'll try to get you out there for one of the practices at some point. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the thing that jumps out to me right away, it just seems like there's an early amount of buy-in from the players, and that's mm. that's something that seems really refreshing. You know, Sam Pittman, all indications are he's just a really genuine guy, uh, trustworthy, straightforward. He's a, he's a player's coach, and I think that's refreshing for the team. So, you know, when we're doing these Zoom pressers and things like that, any time you see one of these players – get asked a question about Coach Pittman or really anybody on the staff so far, uh, you can just feel the excitement in their mm -hmm. voice when they're talking about them. So I, I, I would say that's the thing that stands out to me the most right away is they're going to want to play for this guy. That's something that we couldn't necessarily say this time, you know, a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, Curtis. Uh, and you kind of got to read between the lines on that kind of stuff. But there's no question from what I hear behind the scenes from what we see from players on, on social media and stuff, you just don't see that same, you know, maybe something that could be perceived as a jab or, you know, a negative take. Or, you know, I've said several times that, you know, people that were exiting the program under Chad Morris, I heard all kinds of stuff. But I chalked up to sour grapes. I, 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 you know, I, I, I screwed that up, really, because people were telling me, he's like, this guy's in over his head. That's what people were telling me when they were leaving the program. You know, I haven't heard that kind of stuff with Sam Pittman, so that's been good. Definitely. So, basketball recruiting. I know you, you were trying to get some basketball stuff out because you said it's about to be 99.99% football stuff. So, <laughs> catch us up on what's going on in, in recruiting in basketball. Yeah, definitely. So, I, I guess from an immediate standpoint, obviously – we all know about the news of Isaiah Joe last week. So that did open up a roster spot. And Arkansas did make an interesting addition for this upcoming season uh, with Brandon Kimball. So mm -hmm. he's coming in as a graduate transfer walk-on, which is, which is something you don't see too often, from Mississippi Valley State. Now, this isn't your typical uh, walk-on, let's, let's cheer you on from the end of the bench and have you come in and hopefully shoot a three in, in crunch time, or, well, not crunch time, but mop-up time. Uh, this guy's got some experience. You know, when you think about a year where everything's uncertain and you never know if, you know, all of a sudden the team might get hit with the virus or something like that and who you're going to have on a given day, depth is really important. So to bring in a guy like Kimball, he's 6'7", 185 pounds. I mean, he averaged five points and six rebounds. And I think six rebounds is the key there. At Mississippi Valley State, which is Division One school, he looked pretty good in a couple of Power 5 games at near double-doubles in the two games that he played um, against Division One, you know, high major talent. So I think it'll be an interesting addition in terms of depth and the immediate future. And then looking ahead, you know, the departure of Joe does open up a scholarship for 2021. They do have two commits right now, four stars, six foot five wing chance four. And then the JUCO addition, six foot ten, a Cole Maline from Navarro Community College, Australian native. So they got those two guys on the hook and a couple more spots open. Uh, things are a little quiet right now. A couple names I'd say to keep an eye on. You look at a guy like James White, top 100 recruit, four-star wing, another Georgia native. So they're, they're trying to get down there 
uh, into Georgia a little bit from a basketball standpoint. He's coming off a huge weekend in Atlanta. He's seen pretty frequent contact with the Razorbacks. I actually spoke with him a little bit on yesterday. And then another guy, a Memphis native, 6'6", uh, wing, Jonathan Lawson. He named the Hogs into his top five. Uh, I guess it was about a week ago, and he's going to be making a decision fairly soon, so that's another name I keep an eye on for 2021. Curtis Wilkerson joining us. What, what do you think is going to happen with his basketball season? You think you think you're going to see a full season? You think they'll go conference only? When are they going to start? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's so tough to say. You know, Every day it seems like there's a little bit more and more momentum towards – trying to develop some kind of bubble mm-hmm. and i i don't know what that would look like you know i, I do think that there's a, a decent window there with a lot of schools kind of ending their on-campus semester the week of thanksgiving so you have from that time period into early january uh where you could really get started and with not you know a lot of kids not being on campus and things like that it almost kind of sets itself up nicely for a bubble so i don't know if you throw you know maybe some non-conference pods in and get six to eight teams together and do something like that mm-hmm. or if you just wait until january and try to go conference only it's still you know isaiah joe or not this is an exciting team uh, everybody's pretty pumped about what eric musselman's doing they're they're looking like they're going to be pretty good i just want as many games as possible i don't care how they do it yeah i kind of i mean i i'm with you i thought that with isaiah joe there that probably the best team in six years maybe quarter century i still think they could they could have that distinction you know I mean they can only play so many guys I, th- I think they just have a lot of a lot of weapons I really think Moses Moody is in store for some big things Connor Van over too there's a clip that everybody was kind of raving on with Connor Van over that uh, the Arkansas basketball Twitter account put out that was basically him blocking a shot and then you know coming down on the other end and hitting a three and I, I've seen him like make an inside move and a bucket come down on the other end block a shot knock down a three, come back on the other end, you know, pull down a rebound. I've seen those kind of sequences from him before in practice. So I think that he has a shot to be a really good player. I'm wondering how many minutes you think that we're going to see from a guy like Connor Vanover. Yeah, that's a great question. I'll, I'll be really interested to see how that shakes out. I mean, you look at him um, and you think that he's probably a guy who you could count on for – 20, 25 minutes, but with that frame, seven foot three, uh, kind of a lumbering frame, you wouldn't expect him to be a guy that could play 30 plus minutes night in, night out. But if he's producing at a high level, you've got to find a way to keep him on the floor. And, you know, I, I saw that clip too, and that was impressive. And, you know, another thing that stands out to me is just how much different he looks physically. I mean, mm-hmm. he's put on 15 to 20 pounds, and you can really tell the difference in him and, you know, the red white game, you know, a little, little less than a year ago. So he looks impressive. I'm, I'm really anxious. I, I still think that he's going to be a guy who winds up taking that starting position at the five, uh, 20, 25 minutes per game. But if, if he can, you know, have the wind and, and the legs to stretch that out, that might be a good thing for the hogs. Yep. All right, Curtis. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for jumping yes. on. Hey, anytime. Appreciate it. All right. That's Curtis Wilkerson. Again, you can read all Curtis's stuff at H A W G sports. Again, Hogsports.com right now is 50% off. 50% off for your first year at HAWGsports.com. Or you can sign up for a dollar for your first month. Two great options. The 50% off deal breaks down to 15 cents a day, a dollar three a week. Okay, there's no promo code. Just go to the site. You'll see where it says 50% off. You'll see join at the top right. Either one of those will work. Take you to the same spot. Go sign up today. We promise you'll be glad you did. Take the dollar option or take the 50% off option. We're going to get to your questions here in a second. We're going to jump into the questions from the Razor's Edge first, and if we have time, we'll go into some of the Facebook questions as well. Plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always tune on on Facebook Live. Follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a thumbs up on both of those channels. Subscribe to the YouTube page and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Be sure to share the content with somebody else you think might like it. All that helps the algorithm, helps boost our channel up. Also, say something nice about us on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to have a review from you there as well as a five-star rating. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Questions, questions. Who's got a question? Okay. Anon588691 underscore scout. 
This is somebody without a name. You can go on. If you if you email me or hit DM me, Anon, <laughs> then I'll tell you how to get your, uh, your name fixed. Any tickets for opposing fans? I would think that there's going to be a limited number of uh, tickets for opposing fans, but very limited, maybe in the family type range. I, I don't know, though. I, I know that there's going to be probably limited uh, situation for media, for traveling media. Hog Nation 9 says, Trey, I want to hear your thoughts on the weakest position group and the strongest for this season. Nothing future-related. So the weakest position group right now I think is linebacker. I just don't know that they have a lot of depth. There's just a lot of questions. They, I've said yesterday or Thursday they need Levi Draper to be the guy that he was recruited, the number five ranked inside linebacker prospect in the country. Need Bumper Pool to have an all-ACC season. Need Grant Morgan to get everything he's got out of his 5'11", 220. And need a guy like Andrew Parker to emerge. You know, D.D. Edwards, somebody like that needs to – Zach Zymos is a guy that I didn't mention the other day. And Zymos is a guy with a lot of athletic ability too. But I think that's probably the overall weakest group on the team. Um, past that, you might say tight end because of depth on the offensive side. So I might say tight end because of depth. Because it's Hudson Henry, you know, Blake Kearns, a senior, former walk-on. And then Sutherland is a true freshman. So you're, you're a little thin at that spot. Strongest groups, I'm going to say wide receiver, mainly with the starters. Probably not the deepest group, but strongest, I would, I would say it's strongest just because of those three starting guys. Strongest on defense, I would probably go with, I think it has a chance to be the secondary or the defensive line. If I'm going to be more specific, Maybe I'll say defensive end, where you have Julius Coates, Dorian Gerald, Matteo Soli, Eric Gregory, Zach Williams. You got some good, intriguing players there, and then you got Jashad Stewart, Blaine Toll. Um, I'm forgetting somebody. I'm forgetting somebody. But anyway, I think maybe that that group, defensive ends wide receivers for strongest, linebackers, tight ends for weakest. Hog Nation 9 says, how, do, how different does practice look, feel from the previous staff? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I've only been to the one practice so far, but it does feel more organized. I, I can remember from my first experience at a Chad Morris practice in the spring, uh, he's got a microphone on, it's going over the loudspeaker, it's not working right. It just felt chaotic. And they, I know they were trying to go fast and all that stuff, but it just felt like chaos. Uh, it got better, but the first practice I remember thinking, you know, nobody seems to know where they're going. Uh, I don't get that. It seems more controlled uh, under Pittman. So, strap on pads Tuesday. The fastest swimmer, any opinions on Darren Turner and Miles Slusher? I didn't really get a look at either of those guys. I'll try to get a better look at those guys today at practice. Uh, I think we were able to go in at about 4.15 today. So try to get a better look at those guys today. Birmingham says, has Bumper Pool had a good offseason and put on weight, stepped up into a leadership role? How big of a step forward do you expect him to take with Scooter gone? It feels like he has uh, in terms of the leadership type of stuff. Weight, he looks about the same to me. I don't, I don't know that he's like put on a whole bunch of weight or anything. But Bumper's got, he's got talent. You know, he he can be a really good linebacker for Arkansas. But as far as putting on weight, I haven't seen a whole lot of change in him, to be honest. Hawk Savage says, who's a more excited, exciting player to see in a system that really benefits them, Traylon Burks or Moses Moody? Hmm. That's a toss-up. I'm really excited about watching Moses Moody. You know, some of the clips that we've seen so far from practice. You know, people say he's not that explosive. He's looked pretty darn explosive. Burks, you know, here's the deal with Burks, right? So, Arkansas receivers combined for, like, the three starters last year combined for, like, 90 catches, 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, something like that, right? There were two guys at LSU who put up those numbers. Kobe Hamilton put up those numbers one year. The two guys at LSU put up better numbers. I mean, they had like 18 touchdowns. So, But Burks, to me, alone, in the right circumstance, you know, and it may I, – I think Burks is capable of putting up that type of numbers. 
I really do, that all three of those guys put up. I mean, you played five different quarterbacks last year, so if they had some consistency at quarterback, the offensive line is better, the system is better, all of those things, then, you know, Traylon Barks could have a monster year. Mountain Hog says, how does this team look if either Boyd or Burks goes down? I don't say that. Mountain Hog? I don't even want to keep reading this. Will we still have enough depth to be competitive if those two guys go down? Is there a position group that has a significant drop-off from the first string to the second? Still remains to be seen on the backup running backs. Rakeem Boyd says, you know, he's got really high praise for Traylon uh, Smith and has said a lot of positive things about Amante Spivey. But it's going to be a drop-off, I think, if you lose. But you got to have three really healthy backs. Quality backs you feel good about at running back. Burks probably in a better position to handle things at wide receiver. But it's not going to be good. I don't like that question, Mountain Hog. I don't want to think about stuff like that. Houston Nutburner says, off the top of your heads, list the NFL players on the roster. All right. Traylon Burks. Trey Knox, Noah Gatlin, Ricky Stromberg, possibly Myron Cunningham. Some of these are, you know, like reaches for me. I'm just like projecting. I mean, possibly Felipe Franks, I guess. Rakeem Boyd, possibly Hudson Henry. There's a lot of possibilities, okay? I think there's some guys with some promise. They're real young. But we'll see. And that's kind of spread out. You know, obviously those guys aren't all going pro the same year. Defensively, I mean, there's a possibility for Coates and Gerald both. It's a possibility for Jonathan Marshall. Maybe Soley, maybe Zach Williams. I mean, they're all so young, it's hard to say right now. But they all have talent. Bumper pool is a possibility. I think Monteric Brown. And then there's – I mean, it's, they're so young in a lot of spots. Jalen Catalan's young, but, you know, there's a lot of promise with him. Jerry Jacobs, possibly. Who knows? There's a lot of possibilities. So, it's hard to say, but Arkansas has not been producing in the NFL like they should. That's no secret. Hog Nation 9 says, do you – Feel not 100% confident about any of our commits sticking with their commitments. Any dream offers they are waiting on and will bounce if they get. You know, there's been some talk like A.J. Green, if he were to get a running back offer from Oklahoma, they've offered him as a defensive back. But he said he's 110% committed. That's hard to say. I mean, that's probably Hog Nation a better question for Danny West. We'll try to get Danny on maybe Thursday. Orchard Blessing says, thoughts on T.J. Hammonds working almost exclusively with the wide receivers and how does he look? I just saw him over there catching a couple passes. I mean, he's done that before. Under Morris, I believe, one year, maybe it was Bielema, but they worked him because they knew he could play running back. They worked him almost exclusively, I think, one spring at wide receiver just to get him shored up there. Have you put eyes on Josh Oglesby? Yes, very quick. The speed translates so far, but he hasn't been in pads. How does he carry pads at 5'8", 174 pounds? That remains to be seen. And your thoughts on what he might be able to bring to the table? I mean, it's pot, I mean, a guy with 10-4-4 legitimate, I mean, that's fully automatic timer type of laser speed. Um, you can do a lot, I would assume, possibly in return game, end around. I mean, they'll, they'll probably find something for the guy, I would think. Does it look like we have an answer? This is also from Orchard Blessings. Does it look like we also have an answer to the deep threat this year? I've held my breath the last few years every time an opposing quarterback has had much time in the pocket. Do we have more solid in the secondary of the staff? I do not think we have been gunned athletically as much as we've seen on the field the past few years. I mean, I still think Monteric Brown has a ton of ability. He's got good size. He's a good tackler, good speed, good hips, good instincts, good attitude. So I think that he's a guy that's – I mean, got potential at the next level. So, uh, Jerry Jacobs, I think, would be a guy that's encouraging too. And then, I mean, you've got some other Gregory Brooks Jr., who's working at the slot along with Kari Johnson, the freshman, uh, working at the slot, the nickel spot. Um, you know, Devin Bush. You've got some 
intriguing young guys. Um, Ladarius Bishop is said to be the fastest defender play, defensive player on the team also, according to the last staff. So you'd like to think that he wouldn't get toasted. Excluding quarterback, which position groups do you feel make the biggest leap in performance this season? One for offense and one for defense, please. Biggest jump, I'll say defensive line, just because that's what the coaches have been saying. That's the group that's been surprising them the most. So I'll say defensive line, plus you get Dorian Gerald back. You add Julius Coach, you add Xavier Kelly. Everybody else is a year older, those young freshmen. Uh, last year, Zach Williams, Matteo Soli. You know, Eric Gregory's a guy that would have played for him last year too, but he had the high ankle sprain, had the surgery. So I'll say defensive line and biggest leap in performance on the offensive side of the ball. Offensive line, up front, up front, up front. I think changing things out, getting those guys bigger. I mean, Myron Cunningham's 320. He was 385 last year, 285. 285 last year. So that's a pretty significant jump in, in weight. So I'll say offensive line, if I can't name quarterback, offensive line and defensive line. That's two good areas that you want to be improved in, right? Razorback501 says any player switching position to help out with linebacker depth. Eric Thomas was a recruit listed as a defensive end recruit up until they came out with the roster. Now he's listed as a linebacker. So him, but I don't know of anybody – I don't know of anybody else. And Eldo Hogg says, in your opinion, who is the leading tackler on defense this year? I think Bumper Pool, and I think due to name recognition, Bumper also has a really good chance to be all SEC. If they, you know, win a couple few games, which I think there's a good chance. The first four games, I think there's two opportunities for them to win a game and stop the streak. Um, but you have to – you can't just like – you can't just suck on defense and, and get a bunch of guys all SEC. It doesn't happen that way. All right, let's slip over to some Facebook questions here. Cody Andrews says, is Burks going to be our true number one wide receiver? I believe so. I, I think there's plenty of opportunities for Trey Knox as well. Todd Willis says, don't the schools have the option to tell a kid that they are granted another year of eligibility but not at Arkansas? As we know, the scholarship is good for one year. So most schools promise four years, but Wisconsin – did the same. I mean, Wisconsin, when they came out and said all of the spring sports players have another year of eligibility, Barry Alvarez says, not here you don't. I mean, basically, they can't afford it. And there, I think you'll run into a lot of schools that run into some kind of problem, especially if you allow over 85. So, David McDaniel says, Woods is just as good, maybe. Justin Eric Cunningham says, is predicting 1 0 starting against Georgia. I mean, Georgia could possibly be rusty. They got a new quarterback coming in. I'm not. I wouldn't predict that. The line is minus 24 for Georgia. Daniel Passport says, "I'm hoping we don't need the punter so much next season." Yeah. Jared Eubank says, "How do you think the O line will be this year? I think they'll be much improved. I think a few things will play a role in that. You know, first of all, splitting those wide receivers out so far, you're going to create a lot of natural one-on-one." Okay, so the quarterback is a lot of times is going to know what he's got, and he's going to know where he's going with the ball, okay, a lot of times. And that's not just in the RPO game, you know, where you're just reading the conflict defender. But there's a lot of times in other stuff that they'll, they'll know that. And so you're going to get the ball out faster. They actually did improve in sacks allowed last year versus 2018. But under Pittman, the three years he was here, they led the SEC in fewest sacks allowed. Part of that was part, you know, part of the way that they ran the offense and stuff too. Franco says, what are the chances – Franco Hunt says, what are the chances we play football this year? Football at all, I think, are really is really strong. Really strong. Jeff Smith says, any kids from Texarkana going to get any playing time this year? Who's your all-time Texarkana Razorback? Kids from Texarkana. Who's on the roster from Texarkana? All-time Texarkana Razorback would be Ryan Mallett. You didn't specify Arkansas or Texas side, so I'm going to go Ryan Mallett, all-time Texarkana Razorback. Jeffrey Green says, how good is Felipe Franks looking? I mean, I've just seen him throw in drills, but the the ball really comes off his arm. He throws, he throws really strong. Morgan Cow says, you expecting Jalen Catalan to play this year? I would expect Jalen Catalan to start. He has suffered a little bit of a setback in camp, 
but he'll be back out there towards the end of camp, uh, and I expect him to start at one of the safety spots. Justin Eric Cunningham says, how's Jerry Jacobs looking? Looking good. I mean, physically, he looks like bowed up type of guy. I mentioned on Thursday's show that, you know, he reminds me a little bit just his the way he's put together, uh, like Chris Houston, former Razorback. Aaron Stalling says, Trey Biddy, Arkansas is going to be all right and quit fearing that schedule. Everybody got to come game ready. I'm not fearing the schedule. I just think Arkansas got screwed. They did. They did get screwed. I mean, but you go to Arkansas to play in the SEC to play tough opponents. I mean, if you look at it one way, you, yeah, you lose the opportunities against three game, three teams that, you know, you would expect to win. You, it's hard to say that now after what's happened the last couple of years, but you'd expect generally to win those games. And you basically replace Notre Dame with, say, Georgia and Florida on top of that. So, in a way, you've added Florida, and you know, in terms of – the number of tough schedule, tough opponents. But I mean, like, like there's no way, there's no way Alabama would ever be tagged with having to play. What Alabama get? Kentucky, Missouri, something like that. I mean, there's no way that they would have given them Florida and Georgia. Stephen Wilson says, "What's Mike Woods look like since he is a leader?" The last I talked to Mike Woods, he had three touchdowns on one day, all from Felipe Franks. Stephen Wilson, off team, I'm subscription after show. Subscribing after show. Appreciate you, Stephen Wilson. Be like Stephen Wilson. Go to augsports.com, H-A-W-G, sports.com. No promo code or anything. Just sign up and you will get the deal 50% off. It's a limited time offer, so make sure you go get it done today. Mark Douglas says, want to see a defense make some fourth down stops. Yep. Still shaking my head at how Western Kentucky had zero respect for our defense last year, going for it and succeeding over and over. That was just a train wreck. The whole defense sucked last year. Arkansas gave up more points last year than any time in the last 10 years. I answer a lot of these questions in the last show. Billy Wayne Carter says, we'll get some fresh stuff for you guys today because I'll be out at practice. Oh, let's look at the schedule real quick. So today – Media will get there at 4.15. We'll have opportunity to, to watch stuff. And then 7 o'clock, roughly, uh, we'll have Zoom meeting with some uh, some student athletes. I'm hoping we'll get Felipe Franks today. That would be nice. We haven't had him yet. Uh, Tuesday is the first day of full pads. We'll arrive at 3.35 for practice. And then we'll also have 6.20 with Pittman and some student athletes. So Wednesday, they practice, but we don't have any availability whatsoever. And they got us on Friday, the 28th, which is the first scrimmage. Okay, so they will scrimmage on the 28th. And then afterwards we'll get Pittman, student-athletes, at approximately 7.10. So they got us working late on a Friday. Glad to have it. Bring it on. <laughs> I work late on Saturdays anyway throughout the season. All right. JT Cunningham says, will we make a change at center? Are they going to try to correct slow shotgun? I think they will. From what I've seen, Ricky Stromberg is, you know, mostly working at the first center, but I have seen very limited. So it's going to be Stromberg, Ty Clary, uh, also also possibly Luke Jones who's been working at guard. Um, Bo Lemmer's capable of playing center, but he's been working at guard also. And Shane Clinton has also um, snapped the ball some. But I think there's a really strong shot. Whoever wins, like they're going to start whoever wins this battle, and then they'll branch off. So if Ricky Stromberg proves to be the best player among, you know, whoever else is working at center, Ty Clary, Luke Jones, Bo Lemmer, whoever else, Shane Clennon, then he will start at center. Okay, and then they'll from there go to the guards. So they want to make sure that center is a really strong position with their best interior offensive lineman. Jordan Manchester says there was a lot of optimism leading into last year. I don't know about that. What's different this year is that they should believe that we should believe that your analysis this fall. I'm hearing a lot of the same things. I don't. I mean, last year, Jordan, and I was wrong. I'll, I'll give that, but I don't know about like optimism. But what I was saying was that you watch a young team grow, develop, get better, and that's a healthy way to look at last season. I don't remember picking Arkansas to win like a ton of games. But I just I think they've got better coaches. I mean, and more experienced players. A lot of these guys are a year older. So 
I'm going to give most people the benefit of the doubt, you know, generally, but I think there's a lot of reasons to be more encouraged this year, and I'm not predicting a lot of wins either. I don't think that people should take what I'm saying right now as optimism because I'm not thinking they're going to have a winning record or anything this year. But I do think that there are four games on the schedule that they have a legitimate chance at winning. I think they can beat Tennessee. I think they can beat Missouri, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. And it may not feel like a whole lot if they come out of that with two wins, but it's a different type of schedule. And if they win two SEC games, I would, I would think that they would probably have won those three other games, you know. Joshua Shiverstray, who's your favorite Razorback football defensive player of all time? Steve Atwater, Kanoi Kennedy, safeties. Martrell Spate. Hmm. I think those are some good ones. Maybe I'll pick Spate. Even though we only had him really one year. He played two, but really one year. Do you think we will play much no huddle? Yes, ex- almost ex- yeah, exclusively, Rick. They'll play no huddle. I mean, they're going to go extremely fast. Hopefully. Heard it before. Christopher Stein says Nick's on the O-line is from Texarkana. Yes, and he is also working at center some. Thank you, Christopher. Steve Welton. Someone said Hogs will be 0-10 this year. I think their first realistic chance to win comes October 3rd against Mississippi State. That's week two. I mean, Mississippi State is actually on the ESPN-FBI ranked lower than Arkansas is, but it is at Mississippi State. But at the same time, there's not going to be as many cowbells in the stands. Jordan Manchester says that's too easy. We hear the same things every fall. Seems like we analyze a bubble and can't evaluate and compare our team to other teams' talent. This gets hopes up and unrealistic expectation. Every time Trey says so-and-so looks good, we have to ask compared to what? I mean, that's fair. Compared to – Last year. How about that? I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, Jordan, to figure that out, that I'm talking about compared to last year. Uh, I don't think I've given any indication that Arkansas is – that you should be, like, super optimistic this year. That's you misinterpreting or hearing what you want to hear, okay? That's your fault. Compared to last year. Nobody's saying they're going to win a championship, which is what I said last year too. Nobody's saying Arkansas is going to win a championship or that you should think or expect anything like that or a winning season. Just to make sure you don't misconstrue that. But you've said the same thing here twice. Is there a third post where you say the same thing? You know, and I'll I'll say this also, last year, uh, and it's happened some this year too, Granted, but last year and the year before were the lowest amount of exposure that we've ever had for Razorback football practices from a media standpoint, okay? This year, probably a little different because of coronavirus. Um, But the last two years, and we also had a head coach who said less than anybody ever has. He had the fewest amount of, like, media opportunities and said – Never answered anybody's questions. So it was it was difficult to get a real good handle on it. Yeah. Appreciate you chiming in, Jordan Manchester. Jeffrey Green says, where's Nick's in the rotation on the O-line? He was working third-team center when I saw, but it was still – it wasn't like really the same thing. Stephen Wilson says they quit. Absolutely they quit. And that's something that gets like totally underestimated. Like you can't tell me the way that Arkansas played last year against Texas A&M and Kentucky, two games that they probably should have won, means anything when you compare to how they played against Western Kentucky. I mean, like look at how much crappier they were. Auburn, Mississippi State. Look how much – I mean, that's called letting go of the rope and quitting. And that's one reason you've heard me talk so much about how much it seems like the players are behind this coaching staff and how much behind they are with Sam Pittman because I don't feel like the talent on this roster is representative of 4-20. and It's not. So, Jordan Manchester, that's what I got for you. Cole Trim says, haven't seen 
Hillis on the practice videos, what's got him coaching? QB, what's he got him coaching? Yeah, Peyton Hillis isn't coaching. Joshua Shiver says, what's the deal with Trey Knox? We're expecting to see him back out this week. Whatever it is, not a big deal. But he wasn't out there on Wednesday. Kevin Idle Drummond says, how different will the offense look this year, in your opinion? Well, hopefully it'll look a hell of a lot different. Faster, more yards, more production, more points. But hopefully in almost every category it'll look different. Daniel Passmore says, you didn't, Trey. I know, I didn't. Thank you. People love to turn it around. I mean, back in 2018, I was literally the only media person in the state of Arkansas who said Arkansas wasn't going to a bowl game that first year. The only one. Stephen Wilson says, our talent level is not 2 and 10 bad. Absolutely. Anything going on with Trey Knox? I answered that a second ago. Stephen Wilson says, better coaches. Yes. Stephen Wilson says, we lost four games by seven points last year. Cletus Pree says, no, you guys say the same optimistic stuff every year. You're wrong, Cletus. I would challenge you to go back and look. Stephen Wilson says as bad as – I mean, like, Cletus, go back and look. And don't loop me in with everybody. Like, you can't just say, like, all media people are just the same and, you know, you guys say the same thing every year. Go back and look. And I guarantee you when I saw it wasn't going anywhere, I let everybody know what I thought. Stephen Wilson says as bad as – Defense are Brian Billy Ray Smith, Tony Bua, Caleb Miller. Yeah, those are all good ones. Remember Houston Nut transfer of power 8-0 turnaround. I don't know about that. A lot of people's favorites. Morris said oh and um a lot. Yes, he did. Probably more than anything else. Joey Patrick says there's no doubt we will be better. We have Coaches now, we've always had good enough talent. Yes. Good enough. Well, let's say, I mean, even if they're bad on talent, they're not a disaster. That's what kind of what I've always said. Like, last two years were an utter disaster. So, the talent on this team to me, maybe even if it's bad compared to the rest of the SEC, it's not an utter disaster. It doesn't deserve the results they were seeing last year. Alan Tyson says, how does this season impact kids on the West Coast mentality, kids watching Bama and Auburn play instead of you? I don't, I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I can't get into their head, but I think it probably helps SEC in terms of recruiting to actually have people out on the field playing. Nathan, es Nathan Espinosa says, the last two years were a joke. Got more faith in this staff. I think a lot of people feel that way. Tim Allen says, I believe we will beat one big team this year. You never know. You can surprise, absolutely, you can surprise somebody. I mean, as bad as like the 92 team was, they went to Knoxville and beat them. They were the number three ranked team in the country. And they went down there and won. Stuff like that happens. That ball don't bounce straight up and down, Houston nut. All right. Randy Reese says, are they sleeping on Knox? I think if Knox, if you can get Knox and Burks the ball, you're going to be in good shape. If you can get those guys the ball, they're going to make plays for you. Where did the preseason polls have Arkansas? I mean, nobody's mentioned in Arkansas with a preseason poll. Stephen Wilson says, I was at Colorado State meltdown. I was too. I was down there on the field when they were coming through the tunnel. Everybody was like, what just happened? Screaming mad. Let's see what else we got. Mike Cormier says, you spelled it out in your walk and talks. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, all right. Paul Cunningham says, as crazy as, this schedule, as it sounds with this schedule, I believe we can get six wins. Call me a dreamer. You are a dreamer. You are a dreamer. Joel W. McLean says, we got talent. We will surprise a lot this year. I think they will surprise some people this year, but I don't know that, like, like Paul, I don't know that it's going to be six wins or anything like that, but I do think that they will surprise some people. I, I've said I think they'll get two wins in the SEC, okay? So people can call me optimistic or whatever. I don't know why two wins is, like, getting you hyped up and optimistic. Last question. Kevin Venable says, 
what is the linebacker rotation going to look like this season? I think it's going to be – well, it's going to be bumper, obviously. Possibly Hayden Henry if they have a three, you know, if a third linebacker. And then the other spot I think is up for grabs between probably Levi Draper and Grant Morgan. I think Zach Zymos has a chance to play for him some this year. I've had people tell me in the past all he needed was to add weight, and he's done that. So he's done that. Of course, everybody, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen, Facebook Live and YouTube. Be sure to follow the page on Facebook Live. Throw us a thumbs up, a frown face, smiley face, whatever you want. Add comments below. All that stuff helps the algorithm boost up our channel. Uh, but follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to that channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. And throw us a like if you like the content and interact with the video on YouTube also. Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. And uh, also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Sign up right now. Now's the time to sign up. 50% off. H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Part of the 24-7 Sports Network. All right, guys. I want to thank Curtis Wilkerson for joining us. I want to thank my people on the Razor's Edge and you guys on Facebook as well for your questions. And we'll be back with you guys on Thursday and should have – I mean, we'll have two practices under our belt then, so should have a little bit more information. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.